This is Deep Dive. I'm Sui. Recently, China saw a significant rise in COVID infections as it prepares to relax more pandemic restrictions. Cities like the capital Beijing have borne the brunt of this wave. Measures announced this week on the country's policy shift, which includes lifting nearly all travel restrictions starting early in January. A surge in cases with Beijing bearing the brunt as people brace for infections. 50 patients a day. So the influx of patients is still stretching thin vital medical resources. Hospitals now need to find ways to expand their intensive care units. The tidal wave of COVID cases, community doctors in China are playing a big role, trying their best to help relieve the pressure on the public health care system. What about outside of Beijing? Smaller cities and towns don't share the same abundance of resources and competence in their healthcare systems as big cities. How have they been handling COVID? For this, I spoke with my colleague Luo Laiming, who just recovered from COVID recently in Jiangxi province of China. This episode is brought to you on Thursday, January 5th. So Laiming, where are you right now and how are you doing? I'm currently in Nanchang. Thank you for asking. I'm doing okay. I started having a fever on Thursday, December 22nd, and it took me about a week to recover. I tested negative on December 30th, and it's been a few days since I tested negative, and I've since returned to work, and so far so good. I still have problem having too much weight and walking too fast without feeling a tight in the chest, but uh, otherwise, I think I'm doing okay. What did you do after getting infected? I stayed in, stayed at home mostly, or more precisely, I stayed in bed for two days. I took some medicine, ibuprofen, I think I took two before I began to feel better. That's when I heard that both my parents in my hometown were having fevers, so I had to rush home. I went home and we we stuck together for a few days. I took another pill, uh, ibuprofen, and after a few days, sticking with them, eating separately, of course, and I, I felt that they were getting better. So I traveled back to Nanchang. It took me longer to recover in comparison. I think the travel must have uh, been a factor here. How about people around you in Jiangxi? Yeah, very interesting. I think most people I know in Jiangxi, uh, both in Nanchang and in my hometown, Sichuan, they have almost all been through the process. I mean, they must have been infected. In in, in the office in Nanchang, I think uh, the first case happened in the week of December 14th. So, and then in my in my hometowns, the, like the same way. I mean, my my aunt was the first to uh, to be tested positive, and and that happened on December 13th. By now, I think most of the people I know. Uh, in Jiangxi province have been through this. So you mentioned your hometown, Sichuan. Uh, where exactly is Sichuan? Oh, Sichuan, although it sounds very much like uh, Sichuan, but it's actually a small town in mm-hmm. the west of Jiangxi. It's in, in Jian City, but really it's tucked away in the mountains, which is why about 20 years ago when uh, SARS hit China, even though we were quite close to Guangzhou, to Guangdong, we did not have a case in the in the county, but mm-hmm. this time, this small county of more than six hundred thousand people have been a part of this COVID nineteen infection and spread. 
Okay, so tell us what's been going on in hospitals and clinics in Jiangxi. It seems to me that this wave of COVID-19 infections happened almost parallel with big cities like Beijing. I remember uh, hearing about cases spreading and increasing all at the same time in, in Beijing, in Nanchang, and then in my hometown, Sichuan. And I talked to my former classmate in high school uh, who was working in the uh, township hospital in Sichuan, and her account was they witnessed an increase in the number of patients around the week of December uh, 12th, 13th. She took a week off the week of December 19th, and now she's still dealing with uh, a surplus of patients. And likewise, uh, my colleagues in Nanchang, they went to the suburb of Nanchang city. They talked to village doctors who were working in clinics and they reported an increase starting from December the 5th. They were seeing four to five times more patients compared to the average. The same kind of reports were coming from different parts of Jiangxi province as well. We've seen reports from Zhejiang, which is another big city, and hospitals there, doctors there also report a multiply of patients coming to the hospitals. What would you say were their biggest challenges? According to my former high school classmate who was at the uh, township hospital, uh, the biggest challenges they had was, uh, number one, to deal with the influx of people come seeking medical assistance. And the, the other challenge appears to be a shortage of medicine, especially uh, anti-fever medication, ibuprofen, paracetamol, or acetaminophen. On the day I began to feel fever symptoms, I went out to a pharmacy near my home, and they've run out of uh, anti-fever medicine. But the uh, store owner did have uh, an extra surplus, one extra tap of uh, paracetamol, and she offered to sell it to me. For clinics, for hospitals, and for pharmacies, it was the shortage of medication that they have to struggle with. How have local governments done to address medical workers' concerns? Locally, in in my hometown in Sichuan, the county, people were uh, spreading news that certain pharmacies were uh, distributing anti-fever medications. I think that must have been the result of a coordination by the government or by the pharmacies or industry insiders. So the notice was saying, those of you who need Lianhua Qingwen, which is one of the medications treating flu-like symptoms, they could line up outside of one specific pharmacy in the city uh, to buy this particular medication. And then later on, I saw more and more notices like this. So it seems to me people were really preparing for the peak around December 27th. So by that week, we see more stories of pharmacies or regional governments distributing anti-fever medications, sometimes for free. Sometimes these uh, pharmacies have to divide the medication, mm-hmm. you know, one packet usually consists of about nine to about a dozen capsules or tablets. But in this case, because of the shortages, they have to have people separating, dividing them into portions of like three, four or six pills 
so that mm. one family or one individual who comes in have something to bring back home. So let's put our listeners into context here. Chinese authorities decided to downgrade as COVID control measures. Could you explain to us where the changes are? Well, the new policy was announced、uh, from December the seventh, and essentially it was, like you said, a downgrade of response measures against COVID-19. So, according to the new policies, there will be no more citywide nuclear asset tests, which was quite usual across China before the announcement. Also, there were not going to be more travel restrictions based on the test results. The public places, like public transportation and supermarkets, everywhere you go, there used to be people checking your nuclear acid test results. But、uh, starting from December the seventh, under the new policy, people could freely move around, regardless of whether or not they've done a nuclear acid test. And there were not supposed to be any more arbitrary quarantines or lockdowns. Pharmacies must stay open. There should be no restriction on purchase of medicine treating fever, coughing, and the common cold. And the new measures also promote vaccination among people aged 60 and above. The policy also demands grassroots medical institutions to follow up on people with pre-existing conditions, which is why、uh, these days we are seeing regional governments and regional hospitals, county hospitals, city hospitals, arranging so that people. Especially grassroots medical professionals would go to people's homes to find out whether people age 60 or above, or other people with pre-existing conditions, to find out how they're doing, whether they need extra help. So that's that's what's happening. So weeks later, people are getting better, and the New Year's Day arrived. How did people around you spend this holiday this year? I have not traveled very far because I've just recovered from COVID. I tested negative for the first time since I had a fever on December the 30th, but I did have a chance to to、uh, move around in my own neighborhood. I do feel more people are hanging around. There's no people checking、uh, the nuclear acid test results before、uh, anybody enters the supermarket. Some people might still be、uh, sticking at home because they were afraid of getting infected, or they were still recovering. But I do feel an uplift in the sentiment as people who are moving around. They they seem to have no care or concern uh, about uh, the fact that there's there's a virus spreading. So the sentiment, general sentiment, was much better. People would、uh, want to travel and go about the business as usual. Some data from the Lushan City, which is a, a tourist resort in、uh, northwest Jiangxi, they report receiving、uh, tourists on December 31st, numbered at、uh, nearly 70,000 people.、Mm-hmm. So, according to to their report, they've seen sort of a peak in the number of tourists. Okay. After that, the Chinese New Year, arguably the most important festival in China, will be here in about two weeks' time. It's a time for family gatherings, and the country could see billions of trips nationwide. How will the local communities deal with the possibilities of more infections? There is indeed a lot of talk about the new XBB variant, which has become、uh, the dominant variant in the U.S. and 
as China is about to uh, relax the international travel policies, people do have uh, some concerns over a, a next wave, but that doesn't mean they're, they're not going about their business as usual. I mean, in the office, everybody is uh, working and chatting and communicating. I mean, some people do wear masks, but the concern uh, obviously is, is gone as compared to a month ago. I, I, I guess the same thing is happening outside the office in in the city, in the streets. Uh, that's the sentiment that I can feel. On, on the other hand, I mean, the in business insiders like medicine manufacturers and medical equipment manufacturers, they're working hard to ramp up the supply, uh, the production uh, in Jiangxi, the pharmaceutical companies are arranging extra shifts so that they work 24 hours around the clock to come up with med- medicine treating COVID-19 and, and flu-like symptoms. Likewise, manufacturers of oxygen concentrators, they are also working hard. Demand has been going up. I mean, they're, they're getting three to four times more orders as compared to usual a company that produces coffin medicines in Jiangxi province, on an average month, they produce about 300 to 400 packets of anti-cough medicines. But nowadays, they've ramped up uh, the supply and the manufacturing. They're expecting to produce uh, about more than 2.5 million packets of anti-cough medicines. So the uh, regional governments, the uh, businesses are working to uh, brace for the second wave. Yes, as the country relaxes control measures, relaxes travel restrictions, how would local people do during the spring festival holiday usually? And do you hear that they are talking about maybe change their plans for this year's festival? I mean, this is not the first year uh, into the COVID-19 infections. It started in near the end of 2019 and throughout the three years uh, in the past so people by and large went about their own business in the group chat of my high school uh people were talking about meeting up uh even in the past three years so i don't see them doing anything differently this year in fact uh we are expecting a lot of travels because uh, my hometown jiangxi province uh, about 40 percent of the population works in other provinces, they find jobs, they, they look for maybe the migrant workers, the office workers, but they go out and seek their fortune. And, but this is also a rather traditional part of the country. So we attach a lot of importance to getting together uh, to family reunion, particularly during uh, the spring festival, uh, this time of the year. So we are expecting people to travel during the upcoming spring festival, but I, I don't see people being worried about it. It's particularly uh, given the fact that a lot of people must have been through this. Chinese health authorities are also working to improve health care systems in rural areas. Over half of the country's elderly population live in the countryside. Provincial governments have been ramping up measures to provide help to senior people. In Guizhou, the province is surveying and monitoring health conditions of its over 4 million elderly residents, with a special focus on those living in villages. Local officials say they will help seniors with use of medicine and antigen tests, among others. Meanwhile, 
county-level hospitals across the country have been urged to increase medical supplies for critical patients, while setting up more fever clinics at villages and towns. That brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. For more episodes, please subscribe to our show. We welcome your comments, and feel free to share with us what you want to know about China and the rest of the world. This episode is brought to you by me, Sui, my colleagues Fei Fei and Zhang Zhang. Special thanks to our colleague Luo Lai Ming. See you next time.